Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the show. Chris Graham joined by Rod Mullins. We're going to talk some NASCAR. We finally have our last two entrants in the uh, NASCAR Championship 4. Ryan Blaney with the win, and he wasn't the only guy to win his way in, in a sense, as nope. William Byron also kind of limped in with a 13th place finish. But yeah. those two will join Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson in the uh, race in Phoenix as far as being in the championship for this week. And Rod, how did it all go down yesterday? Well, kind of like what I thought it would. Uh, I thought it was going to be one of those, I mean, hey, it wasn't maybe as exciting as what the Xfinity race on Saturday was, which I want to talk about that here a little bit later with Richard Childress and some of the things that he said. But uh, this race really didn't come as a big surprise. It was going to be... I thought a Hendrick car that was going to be there in the front. And, you know, I kind of thought, okay, Kyle Larson may win this race. Uh, I wouldn't put it past William Byron, but I think last week I was even calling names out of who could possibly make it into the mix. And I, I said, Ryan Blaney was probably my choice that could make it in. And he did so with winning the race at the same time. And I think that was a true testament to his race team that they've, hung around there a little bit longer than what they had before. And he qualifies for his first ever championship four uh, for Phoenix next weekend. So uh, it was a big win for him. Uh, I guess the, the big loser out of this is none other than the person we always don't want to talk about. Um, I think Kenny Wallace addressed him. Uh, Kenny Wallace or someone addressed him on, uh, I think on social media as the villain. Well, he did not make it this time around as, uh, Denny Hamlin came home, uh, third, four seconds, almost 4.2 seconds behind the race winner with Ryan Blaney. But, you know, here's the thing that was so sad about this. Um, Denny Hamlin, I think led something like 156 laps at one time. And then Ryan Blaney was the one that came in and uh, came in with like 145 laps of this race. So you knew it had to come down to one or the other of these guys, uh, Martin Truex, he kind of got eliminated out of this mix. And then you had Ryan Blaney who just rose to the top of the, uh, the cream, so to speak, rose there to the top and made it made it to the final four. I, I can't say about anything else about him except, uh, you know, it was a great car. He had a great car all afternoon on Sunday. Larson's the only driver in the championship four with a cup title. Uh, uh, Bell uh, is back for a second straight run at a championship four race. Mm-hmm. And then Blaney and Byron are racing in the cup uh, championship race for the first time with a chance to win. Um, Byron said after the race that, uh, okay, so he finished 13th. He, he you know, almost backdoored his way in there. He said, it was our worst race, race of the year with 50 to go. I felt really, really bad. I just tried to drive the hell out of it. Yep. Talk about his run around the track. I mean, so, you, you know, you're not always going to have the, you, you know, your best car, your best day, but he, he fought his way in anyway. He hung in there. And of course, you know, he had those wins that had helped him out, you know, earlier that kind of helped him out in this, but you know, he kind of slid in there at the end of it. But I think what I felt sorry for the most, and I don't know how many people out there uh, have put on these helmets at one time or another and become claustrophobic. I would, I mean, I love racing, but I'm kind of the old person of, you know, the open face, sort of like the, the Dale Earnhardt years that they, he used to have the open face um, helmet. But um, he said it was like his head was like hell in a bottle. It was just so hot. He was trying to find a way to get so cool 
but he couldn't do that. And he said, this is the second time it's happened at Martinsville. So it happened in the spring race and it happened again at this race yesterday. And so, uh, you know, either they've got an issue there or, you know, Byron with all the pressure landing on him here at this point, it got him to this point of where, you know, anxiety, you start getting in this thing of wondering, Hey, I've got to win this race. And he said, you know, I do, I work out, I do all these things. I thought I was prepped for something like this, but he said, man, he said, when my head was in there, he said, you know, I was just trying to keep my, my mind straight is what I was trying to do. And he said, again, he said, it was just like my, my head was like hell in a hell in a bottle was what it was. So it's just a way to describe that. I've, I've never heard it uh, quite put that way before, but Byron just didn't mince any words about it. Well, they're not going to stop the race for it. That's the hard part of it. They're not going to stop. Yeah. Hey, you know, his fan's not working. We all need to stop so we can get back. I mean, right. that's the tough part of that. Um, Hamlin got back behind the eight ball. It wasn't this week. It was last week. His mechanical failure that caused mm-hmm. him to crash and dropped him below the cutoff line. So, I mean, yeah, you know, he 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 finished third. He led 156 laps. He very well could have won this race. But mm-hmm. uh, that just shows how important each and every race is in the playoffs. Yeah, it does. And I think this other thing that he said too, that sealed our fate. That was the words that he used. And he knew that that mechanical failure, he said it was something in the steering last week that just all of a sudden made the car careen toward the wall and hit. But he said, when that happened last week to the power steering, he said that sealed our fate out of the whole thing. But, you know, he was still proud of his team. They got there, you know, they got him up there to third as, as close as they could get you know, and having a mid 50 point day, as he called it, he said, they did great. They did absolutely great, but it's not that it's a commentary on, you know, Denny Hamlin per se last week killed him. I mean, that's all there is to it. It wasn't this race. He could have raced his, you know, he could have raced the tires off of this thing. He could have won it. Yeah. He could have qualified and got into it, but he just didn't have the car to be able to make it across the finish line in the, in the uh, winter circle and make it in first place. The other drivers who were knocked out, Martin Truex Jr., who had won the regular season championship. Uh, he was also the pole sitter on Sunday. And then Tyler mm-hmm. Reddick and Chris Buescher, along with Hamlin. Um, for Blaney, this was he considers this his home track. He, he's from just mm-hmm. down the road in High Point, so not very far away, about an hour away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he always wanted to win there. So he finally gets the win uh, at what he considers his home track there in Martinsville. Yeah. And, you know, he's been super close. I don't know how many times I think, you know, what he had done before. I mean, he's finished, you know, at, uh, at pretty decent, you know, places when the, the race has finally been, uh, run at Martinsville, but you know, he'd never won this race and for him and also from that, uh, Blaney blood that he has in him, of course, his dad, uh, uh, driving the short track races for a long time. Uh, you know, he's gotten some experience. He, he loves this sort of track. He loves driving a short track. He's one of these that still considers short track racing kind of hallowed ground. And that's what I think Martinsville is. Martinsville should be really considered that hallowed ground out of this. And I kind of agree. Don't necessarily agree with everything Kyle Petty says, but Kyle Petty said Martinsville needs to be the cutoff point at every race. That's the way it needs to be. He said, if you have three races at Martinsville, they all need to be a cutoff race is what they need to be at. Because he said, you see what comes out of this race and you find out who rises to the top and who can't get it together. And it's just the luck of the draw and stuff, which by the way, Ryan Blaney, somebody asked him in the post, uh, in the post race in the media center afterwards about luck. And he said, what do you mean luck? He said, 
there wasn't any luck with it. And it's something going back about something about a lucky horseshoe or something of that nature. But, you know, I have to agree with him. There wasn't anything about luck this time around. Now, if he had been back so many points and then slid in, just barely slid in there to the championship four, that would have been luck. But he got out here. He dominated on this on this race, even though it was 145 laps or something of that sort. But he still had the car to beat out there. And I don't think this was anything of luck. I think it was just all in the plans, the way it was supposed to be. And that's what Blaney had been hoping for. And also Penske. I think uh, Team Penske had also been uh, really pushing for this. You know, Logano's out. I'm sure they got some notes on Logano from uh, the fact where he'd won there before and he's raced there good before. I'm sure they kind of, you know, kind of uh, collaborated, you know, some things together and talked about it and they came up with a game plan. And since Logano's out, who else better than to put, you know, Brian Blaney in at the, at that case. And, uh, you know, you had Austin Cindric is not a part of the playoff picture, but still all the drivers kind of, uh, you know, helped out, I guess, with this and, and him being able to pull this win off. So it's almost like there's two races uh, coming up on, on Sunday uh, at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's the race. I mean, there's the one you want to, you know, who wins, who, you know, finishes second, et cetera. But then there's the race within the race between these four. So whoever wins overall, it may or may not matter. It's who finishes first between Blaney, Byron, Bell, and Larson. And um, so this is the dynamic that's so unique to NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like, you know, the World Series, uh, the, the game threes tonight, uh, Philadelphia, uh, excuse me, Arizona Diamondbacks and Texas Rangers. It's not like the Philadelphia Phillies or Atlanta Braves can can swoop in and, and no. knock one of these teams out. <laughs> but uh, in, in NASCAR, I mean, there's there's all these drivers out there, all these driver teams out there. And then there's these four competing for the championship. So. You mentioned, you know, the, there's a team aspect to this. Hendrick has two, you know, two drivers in the uh, in the final four. Uh, there's there's Joe Gibbs, there's Team Penske, and then there's their fellow drivers on their teams that can play a role. There's, you know, the relationships between the car makes, the garages that are out. I mean, you know, so right. take us into this. How oh, help us help us make sense of of just how all that can factor into who wins the championship on Sunday. Well, you know, there's going to be another championship besides just this driver championship. There is a manufacturer championship. You know, there's been a lot of people that's been really uh, raising a fuss over the fact that Chase Elliott is still considered to be in that manufacturer's duel and so forth. And he's gotten Chevrolet to the point where they're knocking on the door right now. And then you've got two Chevrolets in the championship round here. You've got Byron and you've also got Larson and both of them Hendrick Motorsports teams. And then you have one Ford, which is Ryan Blaney, and you have one Toyota. So what does that tell you? It tells you that we're kind of spread out a little bit evenly across the car manufacturers and the way that they're, uh, the manufacturers, what they put their effort into. Um, I can't really brag and say that Chevrolet has maybe done a whole lot more this year or has pushed a whole lot. I know Ford has been trying to find their place where they need to go at and what the future is going to be. Uh, Toyota, definitely pushing because Toyota wants to have some kind of exclamation point on this season because look who they lost last year, Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch went over to Chevrolet. So Toyota lost what would be considered the flagship of, you know, all the Toyotas racing and so forth. And then in this season, 
they picked up uh, Legacy Motor Club and Legacy Motorsports. It's going to be racing with Toyotas next year because they're making an all-out effort to use Joe Gibbs Racing for all this race telemetry, this race information, and share things across from the Toyotas. So, you know, there's a lot of big stuff tied into this. Uh, not only just the championship for the driver, but the championship on the car as well for the manufacturer. So uh, a lot of big things going on this weekend coming up at Phoenix on this race. You mentioned earlier you wanted to talk about the the wild race, the Xfinity mm -hmm. race at Martinsville. Wild race, wild overtime finish. What happened? Well, Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill didn't, uh, I think have, uh, said their goodbyes to each other. They don't like each other very well, even though they're teammates with Richard Childress racing. Um, both of them could have made it into the playoffs for the Xfinity championship next weekend at Phoenix, but now neither one of them are going to make it. It's Justin Allgaier who makes it into the championship round. And so you're kind of scratching your head about this. Why did Creed go and race? Austin Hill rough. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a short track. It's a short track race. That's what you're, you're supposed to do. And Austin Hill and him, if they had worked together about this, um, they could have gone and they could have probably finished one and two and won the race and then been able to qualify and then jump into it. But instead somewhere along the line, I don't know if it was pride, if it's a little bit of, you know, hurt ego, whatever the case may have been. But uh, Sheldon Creed is not very well liked. Uh, you know, there's there's rumor right now that uh, Richard Childress may even pull him out of the seat this weekend when they go to Phoenix. The last race of the season, he may pull him out. Austin Hill's going to stay. I mean, I don't see Austin Hill going anywhere. And if you don't think that, well, listen to what Richard Childress said. Richard Childress said, I've had some drivers in my time, but I've never had one as stupid as Sheldon Creed. <laughs> now, that's where it went too far. I just, you know, I mean, you could have said it in some way, but that's Richard Childress, that's the old guys racing here. That's the 78 year old racer in him that just came right out and said what was on his mind. And, uh, you may not like Sheldon Creed. Um, he kind of, in some ways, uh, when he does interviews, he's kind of like staring off into nowhere. Sometimes he's, you know, he's got, he wears glasses like you and me. And then you kind of look at him and you keep on waiting for him to go and try to peel his shirt away. And he might have a Superman logo underneath because he kind of reminds me of a little bit of a, I don't mean this bad, but an overweight Clark Kent playing Superman is kind of what he reminds me of. But, uh, you know, I don't think he's that bad of a driver, but uh, obviously he's wore his welcome out at Richard Childress Racing. Uh, Andy Petrie, who's the director of competition, uh, also kind of runs the race, uh, the race team in addition to Richard Childress, uh, kind of said, point blank to him he said you know you you pretty much just gone and you effed us is what you did you pretty much just sealed it for us and you know you could have both of you could have probably made it out of it kyle petty has even made mention if both of them had been a little bit more i guess with their head on their shoulders instead of going and making decisions like this like what they did uh that both of them would have been in it but now neither one of them are in it. And then we're going to see Creed going over to Joe Gibbs racing next year, probably uh, a race or at least half a season or off season early as he starts getting ready for Joe Gibbs racing next year to race on the circuit. Austin Hill is, is pretty much the answer. Uh, they are talking like he's the future for Richard Childress racing, even though He's got his grandson there. Richard has his grandson there and Austin Dillon. Uh, he's still one of these that 
he wants to bring up out of the ranks. So we'll just we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen, and we'll find out when the um, I guess the uh, registration, the uh, list of the registration of the drivers, uh, who's going to be there for the Xfinity race. We'll find out if that car is going to be there. We know that, but not necessarily. We don't know if Sheldon Creed is going to be driving in that car this coming weekend. One other bit of news involving who's driving what car uh, we had, we heard over the weekend, Eric Almarola is not returning to Stuart Haas right. racing next season. And we just don't know if, if that not, might not be the end of him as a full-time driver. What's the latest there? Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of vague. Um, I, I read it. Uh, I looked at it. I, it wasn't that I wasn't expecting it or anything, but I, I did expect him to go ahead and retire. he kind of, he strung it out this season in hopes of, you know, maybe coming away with a, a better season than what he had before in the past. But, you know, Stuart Haas is, is kind of suffering right now. They're losing Kevin Harvick. They are now losing Eric Almarola as he's going to be retiring. So that's opening it up. We've got uh, we've got Josh Berry, who's going to be coming over, driving the uh, the four car for next year for Stuart Haas. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, and then I'm also wondering too, at this loss of Smithfield as a sponsor, uh, they say they're leaving the sport. Now, I don't know if they're planning on coming back in. Don't know if they will go over to the drag racing side, for example, with Tony Stewart and, uh, Tony Stewart can put them on his car as he, uh, is a drag racer for the NHRA. Um, it's, it remains to be seen. I, I just don't see Eric Almarola. I mean, gosh, they've been with him since. Gosh, it's been in the in the 20 teens, I think, something like about 2012, 2011, somewhere in that neighborhood. They've been with him and they went with him all the way through Richard Petty uh, left there from Richard Petty. Uh, Smithfield kind of said we're leaving. Didn't really tell Richard Petty what was going on, just saying we're leaving. And then next thing you know, they show up on a Stuart Haas car. And then Eric Almarola is running that car for the rest of his time that he has his career going on the Stuart Haas end. So it remains to be seen what he's going to be doing. I don't see him getting into broadcasting unless uh, somebody, the powers that be, or somebody convinces him that, you know, he could be good in the booth or he might be good on pit road. Who knows how he, what he will go in. And then, He's got, I think, two daughters. I believe it's what it is. He's got a family. Uh, I know those two daughters. They're very close to him, and he uh, is very close to them as well. Um, I kind of see him kind of just setting back for a little while and just kind of enjoying himself. He may race a couple of Xfinity races, maybe like Dale Earnhardt Jr., and you know, just show up for a couple of them and race and see how he does. He may set in for somebody, but I don't know if we're going to see him for uh, the immediate future. I don't think we're going to see him in 2024 in another car. I think he's he's pretty much retired. He's He's done. Yeah, he mentioned 38 weeks a year for the last 12 mm -hmm. years. It's a grind. It really is. Yep. Um, so we're down to the, I mean, we, so we started talking, Rod, about the uh, NASCAR season back in February, getting into uh, a speed week at Daytona, we, you know, the the race uh, in LA to get things started. And here it is. We're on the cusp of November and getting ready for Phoenix. So, man, it's, you know, it's amazing how quickly it goes by, but uh we got uh, we got Sunday, and then we'll do a wrap up show. You know, the following week, catching yeah. up on all the news uh, of uh, off season news and everything else. But can you believe, man? Another another NASCAR season almost down. Hard to believe. It's hard to believe that it's went this. You know, it it feels like it's gone on forever, but also at the same time, it feels like it has been a very short season. It seems like it's gone just really rapid. You know, through the whole thing, and uh, you know. 
a couple of months ago, gosh, I mean, five or six months ago, going back, talking about Bristol, going to be at Bristol for the, for the dirt race. And then, you know, coming back, of course, for the, uh, the race there at Bristol. And we've talked about Charlotte. We've talked about all these other tracks in between. And yeah, we've also talked about Phoenix, unfortunately not going to be, be able to go out there for the Phoenix race. I'd love to be able to go see that. Uh, but, um, yeah, this race is going to be, I think probably the biggest this time around as it has been over the last five or six years. I think this is probably the biggest race. This is going to be the big one that, uh, like you said earlier, uh, there's going to be a bunch of people that's going to be wondering who's going to finally finish. You could come up with a win and win at Phoenix and surprise everybody, but then you're not going to be thought of. You're going to be, unless you're a first time winner, if you're a first time winner, then you're going to get your accolades and you're going to get the applause, but everybody's going to be shoving the attention downstream to everybody else. That's what's left from the playoff picture. And, um, it's, it, it's kind of up in the air right now at this point, uh, it's anybody's championship to grab. Uh, if I had to say it, I would probably say Kyle Larson probably deserves a little bit of an edge right now. He's out in front, but if he has a bad luck day, he's out of it. He's gone. Uh, Christopher Bell has raced well at Phoenix. Uh, I think Christopher Bell could probably pull off a big win and kind of erase that bad taste in everybody's mouth after Kyle Busch left last year. And you kept on wondering who's going to be contending for a championship from Joe Gibbs racing. Well, the answer is Christopher Bell. I mean, not Martin Truex and not Denny Hamlin. And here we were, we were thinking here, well, what, two months ago, Denny Hamlin may have it all together. He may finally be able to make it into the playoffs and, and make it to the championship four, but some way, somehow he stubs his toe, especially this thing with the power steering and so forth. And that put him so far behind. He could just not, it's like the old saying about being in a hole, getting yourself in a hole and you keep on digging, but then you're digging the dirt right on top of you. Instead of getting it out of the hole, you're digging it and you're just throwing it back down on top of you. That's kind of the way that Denny Hamlin's season has ended for him, uh, especially at Martinsville. But um, I wouldn't rule out William Byron either. William Byron likes his track. So you've got three good short track racers. Uh, you've got two former dirt track racers who really thrive on that kind of surface, what they have out there in Phoenix, even though it's paved, but they still love that flatness of that track. We'll see a lot of, oh man, a lot of jockeying, a lot of maneuvering for this, but I think in the end, I'm going out on the end with this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to say Ryan Blaney may end up winning the championship. And I say that because it seems like team Penske has got this thing on a roll. Now they have been able to make it and advance him through to the playoffs. And unless something drastically goes wrong next Sunday or this coming Sunday, um, he could be in the catbird seat and he could win his first championship. And that would be great. That would be great for him. Bubba Wallace even came up, hugged him yesterday at the end of the race there at Martinsville, uh, a long embrace. And he was just telling uh, Ryan Blaney how much he was proud of him. And those two have been really close friends. Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney are very close friends, but uh, that was just something to see yesterday when uh when bubba comes up and bubba just puts his arms around him hugs him and they're in a long embrace there and stuff and ryan just you know he simply appreciated that and i like i like ryan blaney's style i mean uh ryan was the first one that won the uh 
won the first Roval race when we went to cover it uh, down at Charlotte here a couple of years ago and uh, very well spoken. He says what's on his mind. He tells it the way it is. But uh, I think if he's got the car on Sunday, he could be our champion. But stranger things have happened. We have a three and four chance of having a first time NASCAR Cup Series champion on Sunday. And, uh, of course, keep up with Augusta Free Press, particularly on Facebook on Sunday. Rod will keep us up to date. And then, of course, we will uh, come back next week and break out, break down how it all went down. Well, Rod, as always, thank you for your time. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks.